My name is Phil Mendoza, and this is a championship bow hunting podcast fueled by Mountain Ops. Join me and my guests as we give you bow hunting tips to take your preparation to the next level. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I've got a special guest with me, a good friend and hunting partner, Santino Castellanos. But uh, before I get to Santino, want to do a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, if you haven't signed up for the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge, make sure you check that out. Pre-registration is available online. Um, you got a few bucks off if you pre-register. As registration is starting, I mean, there's quite a few people starting to register, so I'm excited to see that. Also, uh, if you are in the need of some supplementation, ch- type in the code ALPHA at checkout with your Mountain Ops purchase, and they'll get you a special discount there on behalf of Championship Bow Hunting. Also, if you're in the market for some new binos, and Mavens happen to be the, the ones that you're looking for, type in the code ALPHA GIFT at checkout, and they will kick you some, some special uh, special gift at there. Uh, with your purchase so today's guest my good friend santino welcome to the show thanks man thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah for sure so let's uh let's catch up a a touch man we you you know we see each other quite a bit but as far as the listeners out there um you've got some new gear for uh, big game season Mm -hmm. specifically a new bow yes sir how, how are you liking that uh, Carbon Defiant? Uh, it's Carbon Defiant 34, right? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I finally got the Carbon Defiant, and I know those bows have been, you know, people have been chomping at the bit to get them, and one day I showed up, and not only my wife's was at the door, and she, she didn't get the Carbon. She just got a Defiant uh, 31 aluminum riser, but there was another bow case there, and I was like, well, Maybe I got my carbon in, so I was pretty stoked. You know, anytime you get home and there's a package there waiting for you and you can't miss the big brown Hoyt box, uh, it was exciting, and I, I couldn't wait to get to the shop, get to your shop, no limits, and get it set up. Um, you know, just prior to that, I, I kind of had to switch some arrows and, like, reconsider, and I, I was picking your brain on, you know, the arrows that you were trying and ones that I'm working on, so there was a I don't know, a little bit of trial and error, but I finally got it right. So I'm really, really excited to, uh, you know, get it going. It's, it's dialed in, but my sight tape's not perfect yet. I was hoping to take it on a turkey hunt that I was on this, you know, a few days ago, but, um, I'm looking at taking it up to Montana here in a few weeks with, uh, Jason Matzinger and Willie Schmidt, uh, in Montana to go chase some birds with it. So I'm getting excited about that. So you guys doing a turkey hunt up there? Yeah, we haven't. <laughs> we would like to say that it's more of a turkey hunt. I think we just all get together and find a reason to hang out. But in the last few years, I think the first year, which was like three years ago, I got to go on it two years ago. I didn't make it last year. But Willie and uh, Jana both killed a turkey. And since then, nobody's killed turkeys. So we're trying to get the hex off this hunting camp and actually make it a real turkey camp. But as of right now, uh, we're still waiting to see some birds hit the ground over the last three years, I think, is what it's been. <laughs> cool, man. Excited to see how that rolls out. I mean, sounds like a, a pretty fun group to hang around with. Oh, yeah. The, you know, people like Willie, Jana, and Jason, you, you don't really need to say more than that. But, you know, Jim Kinsey's there and uh, Tim Ensley. There's, it's just a good group of people that show up. And that's kind of the core group. I've been lucky enough to get the invite um, the last few years. So I'm going to make it back out this year and hang out with them. Good people for sure. Right on, man. So, 
you touched briefly on on some equipment, uh, some arrow changes that you were kind of been playing with, and I know that it's still it, it, this time of year. It seems like a lot of us do some testing and some, you know, this is the new hot arrow, or this is you know I want to try to tweak things a little bit, and <clears throat> you know it, it's it's funny to me. I I've been doing the same thing, but it seems like I always fall back. I have the last. I guess three years on those pro hunters, those, uh, 300 pro hunter mm-hmm. gold tip. And, you know, we, we, the micro diameter shafts have some appeal to them and there's some positive qualities and, and the, I don't know the, the trade-offs, right? Is, is there anything else other than the arrows that you're kind of testing out right now, um, that you've, you've changed in your setup or you pretty much status quo from last year with the exception of the new bow? Um, for the most part, you know, a long time ago, uh, well, I don't want to say too long ago, the last couple of years, like when I first started shooting, I was shooting CBE and Scott and I still use a Scott release, but I've moved over to spot hog officially as of last year. And it's just that new two pin, um, site housing that they have. I just, I enjoy that site. It's just bulletproof. And I mounted that to a hog father last year. I ran the the fast eddy full setup where everything's a little bit lighter, kind of like a CBE site, but I'm really digging, um, you know, the spot hog products with this new housing that came out, mounting it to my hog father, um, you know, site bar has been amazing. Like just, but for me, just holding on it, I think the biggest thing for me on that site, you know, I think pins are pins, but that new upright pin, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not, but now I've been shooting it quite a bit. I love it. Like I, I'm I'm used to it. And again, any slider removable site, you have to have a shot sequence just like anything else. Remember to zero your site back down to where you like to keep it. You don't want to roll into your shop and even at 40 yards, you have it set at a hundred and then fling an arrow. It's going in the wall and you're probably not getting it back. So as long as um, you're working with it and you can familiarize yourself with it, I love it. Um, I am using the new hybrid hunter uh, Hamsky rest and I love it. It's, uh, it's lightweight. I just, I, I like the fact that you can get your name engraved in there if you want. And Hamsky, they make you know, bulletproof products, but I do like that new rest. It's, it's amazing. And then, you know, I think I might be playing with some pro hunters for sure. I, I did set some up at your shop the other night. Um, I'm kind of mixing a few things up with the kinetic pierces. Um, yep. last year I just, I, I had an issue with getting some pass throughs and, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about that. I've talked to, you know, some of the guys over at Gold Tip, and uh, I've talked to people that are in the field quite a bit, and I'm really trying to diagnose the product or problem if it's a broadhead issue or just I don't want to say that you have too much speed going through, but I've heard two different arguments. Like if, you, if you're cutting a hole in, in an animal that's an inch and three quarters, or even if it was just an inch and a quarter or an inch and three-eighths on some of the smaller cutting diameters – I don't want to say it doesn't matter what's behind the rest of the arrow on how thick that shaft is, but the old school arrow that I've always used and liked is the hunter, the pro hunter. Yeah. And I, I, when I was pulling less poundage, I think I was shooting 70 or 55, 75 and then 75, 95. And then I, now with the poundage I'm pulling, I'm shooting a 300 and arguably it could be shooting a 250 uh, or 200 if I could get it to tune. But you know, I, I'm still playing with what arrow I'm going to go with, and there's still a few, you know, there's turkey season. I'm tagged out now for Colorado, but I'm going to play with a few different options when I go up to Montana, and we'll see how that works out. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, 
I, I shot my turkey with a kinetic pierce, and on a bird, it did great, you know. And it seems, because I've had a lot of people hit me up on Facebook and send me emails about what my thoughts are on a micro-diameter shaft, because the components seem to be in question from a structural integrity standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. just flat out, whether you're talking about an injection from Easton, whether you're talking about a kinetic pierce from Gold Tip, and the benefits... On a, on a crosswind, in a windy situation, you know, some people argue the penetration thing, and I'm with you on what you just said. As far as once the arrow impacts the animal with the broadhead, I think there's very little, in my opinion, to that micro diameter penetrating any better because you're cutting an inch and a quarter to potentially a two-inch hole with a broadhead. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your arrow, sh- in my opinion, shouldn't hang up unless you uh, don't have enough momentum to carry it through. Or you hit a bone, you know, and that, that doesn't matter if you got a micro-diameter shaft or a standard-diameter shaft, you know, in my opinion. But I'm going to be doing some testing here in probably in about two weeks where I'm going to get outside and, and I'm going to be shooting it at some bones and I'm going to be shooting it at some plywood and I'm going to be shooting some, some different uh, tip configurations with those micro-diameter shafts because at the end of the day, all these tests that we can do are never going to simulate an animal but they're going to give us a good idea from a, like I said, a structural integrity standpoint. Right. And, and that's where, and it, like I said, it's not to throw anybody under the bus, but as bow hunters, there's a lot of great equipment out there we can use. So, oh, absolutely. You know, just identifying the positives and the negatives from one, uh, you know, from one product to another and, and being able to just share your information and let people decide on their own. Everybody's going to have opinions, you know. Oh, that's, absolutely, yeah. So, so it's it is what it is, man. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun breaking some stuff with with some arrows here pretty soon. Well, if you can give me a few day heads up, I'd love to be there. Maybe even film some of that. That would be pretty cool. Uh, but oh, yeah. I, I'm with you, Phil. I want to. I've been a mechanical broadhead guy for a long time, and just because I like the idea of putting a broadhead on my arrow and it doing the same exact thing that my field point does. Uh, and I haven't messed with anything too much. I know I could go four fletch. I'm really a, a three fletch guy. I don't I don't like having to rebuild arrows just for hunting. And if, if there's a way that I can configure an arrow, a broadhead, and the fletching system that I want to shoot all year, to me, I think that's what, that's what I want to practice with. Because if I'm confident with what I've been doing all year, especially like right now, doing some summer tournaments, you know, just shooting around at the local 3D ranges and, you know, getting my stuff dialed in. I don't really want to have to change anything before hunting season and just, you know, get that muscle memory down. Um, You know, with this new bow, I went out and I hadn't shot 100 yards before or since last year. It probably, it wasn't even in maybe October that I practiced at that distance. And right away I was drilling. And then, I had to kind of change a few things up because I just felt like I, I if, I, if you're going to tinker with anything, now's the time to do it. But I'm, I am going to mess around with a fixed broadhead this year and see if I can get those to fly the way I want them to. And if I do, I might look at using them because I've heard of tests where people shoot through, uh, you know, carcasses or they'll th- shoot through something that's going to resemble hitting an animal. And every time that they've done that, I've heard that most fixed broadheads will pass through and go further than a mechanical will. So I'd like to try that out and test it myself. Yeah, broadheads are always a, um, you know, Ford, Chevy, Dodge thing. I think Toyota, you know, it's it's. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of good heads out there on the market that'll get the job done. And Indeed. at some point in time, 
somebody's had a bad situation with all of them. You know, I it, agree. It's, it's so again, it's it's that debate whether my broadhead's better than yours. At the end of the day, it's about being confident in your setup and making the best shot you can make, and and you go from there. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's all you can do. So, yeah. so um, Santino, to close out, I've got a couple questions for you, man. I mean, I've had some sure. guests on on this shorter version of the podcast in the past, and it's always intrigued me to to talk to bow hunters about how you've come to you know experience or or change a perception. Maybe it's because of a lesson learned the hard way, or maybe it was something that worked out successfully that you didn't anticipate. Maybe it's you changed something in your preparation, but if you can think of one or two stories or situations where you can say, hey, I learned X because of this, you know, um, just to help other bow hunters out to to learn through the perspective of someone else's eyes. Are you talking like on equipment or just in general? If, if you if you can think of something on each man, get, shoot. I mean, it's always the, the more that we can share, I feel it's the better. Um, but <clears throat> yeah. maybe something in the field when you're hunting and maybe something with your equipment. Okay, um, so two years ago when I killed my biggest bull to date, and it's only, well, it was one of those deals that my wife and my son had a soccer tournament, and he had won, and I had just talked to my wife. I'd been out in the field for probably about seven or eight days and starting to get frustrated and feeling like, man, I don't know, this. I just felt like the elk shut off, and I needed to probably go home get a few days break, come back, you know, the following weekend. And I'm stubborn. <laughs> I try to want, I, I tend to try to make things happen. And I went in and I just thought, I think I'm going to, I just had a really good feeling. I, I, I'm probably going to kill a bull tonight is what I thought. So I grabbed my big uh, packing out frame pack. It was the um, DT1. And the pack that I was rolling with was just a smaller day pack, like a zippy. Yeah. And I left that, and because I was just in a rush, I I forgot my GPS, I forgot my headlamp, I just forgot all the stuff that I would need in case something happened. So went in, got to this overlook, and started calling, and just started doing everything that maybe some people went, I was more doing it because I was frustrated. I got there, and everything looked perfect, wind was good, it was just, it felt like the right setup, I could smell elk. And did a couple calling sequences, nothing. An hour and a half goes by. I probably have maybe another hour and a half left of light. I start getting frustrated just because of the week that I had. It was the same scenario. They just weren't talking. So I start hitting every single call in the book, even a freaking hoochie mama, (laughs) which I don't do a lot. And I'm just doing all these calls, and I throw out a bugle. It probably sounded like some of those guys that people make fun of, like, hey, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's doing too many calls in one sequence. And as soon as I got done with that sequence, a bull response. I drop down, keep dropping down, chasing the call, chasing the call, and I keep going in. And I i don't care about – I have a general sense of where I'm at. I don't worry too much about getting lost. But I finally get an elk. Bull comes out. Amazing experience. He's trying to chase off two other bulls, and then I ended up – putting an arrow right in him where it counted. And, you know, I, it, it was great. He ran up the hill, and I just chased him. And, again, I, I'm pretty aggressive. So when I chased him, I saw him stop, and I got level with him, and I put another arrow behind his shoulder. And then he went and expired. And then I'm pretty 
excited, pretty, you know, I was like, man, I had a great feeling. I'm, I, I'm happy. I got my frame pack and I, I have all this. Well, I didn't have any of my knives. I didn't have my kill kit, didn't have anything. And then I found one Havilon blade that I was able to cut him open so I could, you know, take his guts out and not let him rot. But just because of the excitement and going down in frustration, something that I would never do switch packs like that or like really go through my gear setup and know what I was doing. It was just, I was getting ready to head down the trail and you know, where my camp was, I should have taken the time to just make sure I had at least the basics of what I needed and just completely felt like amateur hour. And I, I literally had to wait until the moon came up. So it was probably like, I don't know, 9.30 p.m. at night until I could barely see, like, the light of the moon. And then I just used the moon to navigate out where I was. And it, I think I got back to my to the road to where I could get to my camp and then get to my vehicle probably around, I don't know, it was almost midnight or something like that. So it wasn't the funnest walk out. It was very slow. Yeah, and elk were going off. So that there were some cool dynamics, but I was so frustrated with myself because if I would have went off or didn't know where, where I was at, it could have turned into something really bad. No so man, that's, that's one experience. That's that's a great story, and and you're getting me jazzed up already, man. Just putting in tags here recently. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've got <laughs> I've got hunting on the brain right now, man. So oh, I know, I that, know. that's a great story because I remember you talking to me about that, and that was an awesome bull. But um, so I mean, equipment. Is there something you can think of, you know, equipment wise that that you say maybe you know makes you check this twice, or you've learned, and this helped you become more accurate? Is there something that you've got? Uh, story-wise there that you want to share? Yeah, you know, I think that there's a big movement right now in guys starting to take their hunting serious with what you're doing. And I think with what we all try to promote is that conservation is a lifestyle. So we're all out. Guys are working out. Guys are shooting their bow. They're doing events like the one that you have coming up, the Alpha Bow Hunter. They're training for that. And there's a lot of movement, right? Your bow's coming in. It's driving. There's vibration in your car. And I've never had... I, the one issue that I had one time is my buddy was calling in a, a well, what I thought was he was calling in a bull because we could hear him screaming not too far where I killed this one. And we were sitting on this ridge and he had me set up and I, I'm getting set up and I think this bull's coming while I put my hook on my D loop. You know, I'm, I, I shoot the, I still shoot a Scott release, which is, it's the Rhino XT. I've been using sure. that release for the last three years. I love it. And I just like that because you don't have to worry about looking up. Well, when I went to put it on, hooks on the D-loop, and I'm trying to pull back, and I always just double-check that trigger to make sure it's there, and I don't feel it. And I can't process in my head because I don't know about you. When elk start bugling, <laughs> I my brain just I, – I just stopped functioning to sure. some degree. But I knew something was wrong with my release, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And I look down, and you see me all the time, so you know that I'm a tan – skin person. I turned about as pale as a ghost. <laughs> like, what the heck? My freaking uh, trigger, you know, my little bar for my trigger was not on there for my release. And uh, because, I, you know, it's a puncher, you know, finger trigger, whatever. And I tried, it was not there. Somehow through driving around and hiking around, it unscrewed because you it, it's just a small little uh, you know, bar that screws into the release so you can replace them or you can get different ones that have an angle. And this is just a straight bar right there. And it had popped it out. So now I'm freaking out. I dropped my pack and thank God I always pack two releases. So I put that release on short story was bull never came up. I never got a shot, but if a bull would have come up and I would have checked that immediately, I could have been, 
it just would have been not the right way I would have wanted to not have an opportunity at a bull. You know, if you draw back, you don't get a shot. You can't control the animal or what Mother Nature is going to do. But what you can control is that you have all your equipment there. So what I learned was just from that one experience, I put a little bit of Loctite on my next one, ordered one, and then I had my backup release all set up. And I think that's the one thing that I used to overlook all the time because I like to think that even regardless of these high-end products, there's still components on them. And it, it doesn't ever hurt just to take a little bit of Loctite, screw that on those releases that have triggers that pull off. Just double-check everything. Get an Allen wrench and just make sure everything's tight. And if you're shooting it all year, why wouldn't you do that anyways? Like, I do that with my tires or anything on a vehicle, especially when my, you know, my wife's taking my kids around. I just double-check the car and make sure there's oil in it, and there should be. It's brand freaking new, but you just never know when those things are going to happen. So I think always double-checking your equipment, making sure, because stuff does get loose. I had that a few weeks ago. One of my or my son's, uh, he had he got a new Hoyt, and it's the... Um, I think you're going to have to help the me. Power Max. Yeah, the Power Max. I'm yep. sorry. He got the new Power Max. And when he was shooting, he goes, Dad, I just heard a noise. And on on his uh, rest, it popped out. Yeah, so we need to – I just need to put a ham ski on there, bottom line. But my point is that stuff like that will happen. And it's not yeah. that he wasn't shooting a quality rest. It's just little things like that. You don't double-check your D-loop. I've heard stories of guys, they pull back and their D-loop's frayed and it breaks. So just making sure that you run through your bow head to toe and double check all your equipment. I think that would be very helpful for anybody, including myself. Oh yeah, no. And that's, that's like you said, it's spot on because there's a lot of, I mean, we see it in the shot. We see customers come up, you know, up to about the first week of, of elk season in September, you know, it could be anything, any mixed bag worth of stuff. If customers come in after that, it's because they jack something up on their setup. Mm-hmm. They need more arrows or broadheads, and that's about it. Or they accidentally drive out a bow, right? I mean, it's like, oh man, I don't know what happened. My, you know, the screw came loose on this, or I stripped out this on my sight. So it's always a, a last minute, oh crap moment. That stuff that could have probably been avoided had they been a little bit more in tune with their setup. Yeah. But anyway, hey man, I appreciate you coming on the show. We'll have to do it again because it's always great just to talk hunting man and we 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 got <laughs> yeah. our fingers crossed we, we applied for a, a tag together this year and you know we'll bring more to everybody as tags uh, get drawn and and just be able to talk about it and how we're preparing for stuff and other hunts that you've got lined out um you know santino what what do you i mean as far as social media you, you really act there you guys have been killing it fishing man i mean you guys really got on the water early this year well from what i've seen and and you guys, I mean, you and Juan and, and Levi and, man, you guys have been killing it fishing. So it's, it's, it is a truly an outdoor passion all year. But as, as far as people following you on social media and stuff, where can they follow you at? Uh, Instagram, it's Santino underscore Mantino. And then for Facebook, it's just Facebook.com forward slash Santino Castellanos. And if you just put Santino and C-A-S-T like you're casting a rod, I'm the only one that's going to pop up. But, no, I appreciate it, man. I think um, – on the fishing stuff, I don't really have a lot of time to fish, and there there's some good times to fish in the fall, but my passion is bow hunting and being out in the field, and now that my wife, and it's just a family affair, I I try to, you know, do, and granted, spring fishing is some of the best fishing you'll ever do, so we've been hitting it pretty hard, but it's been fun, just having a good time in the outdoors like always. 
Well, right on, man. I, I appreciate again you coming yeah. on, and we'll, yeah, we'll thanks be for we'll having keep, me on. Hey, no, for sure. We'll keep looking for your 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 pictures, man. There's some great pictures you've been putting up. Um, well, everybody out there, once again, thanks for checking out the show. We'll see you here in a couple of days. Before we check out, I want to send a quick shout out to Grizzly Coolers as a partner of the Alpha Bow Hunting Challenge and the Championship Bow Hunting Podcast. Uh, check out Grizzly Coolers. Show them some love. They have definitely came on strong with some prizes for our event. Uh, so check them out. But all that being said, we will check you guys out soon.